you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. Fabs, what's going on this uh, start of week nine? Things are a little wild in Cleveland right now. Little bits. We will get to that and more uh, back on for Monday. It's Graham Barfield. Welcome back, Graham. Feels good to be back. Feels good to be back in the rotation. Right. Back on Mondays, it's good. Right, right. It's saying you walked in here and you're like, how are you doing? And we're like, better than uh, Hugh Jackson and, and Todd Haley right now. And uh, Tyron Lue. And Tyron Lue. It's, it's a bad So day, does that man. mean that Fran- Francona is next? I think, I think Francona is safe. I think Terry Francona is safe yeah. right now. That you know, The Indians are still a good baseball team, so I think they're safe. Uh, behind the glass... As always, is Sir Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Murph, uh, you're rocking the, the LSU Odell Beckham jersey today. Yeah, besides the fact that I'm very uh, into college football this this time of year, obviously with my NFL team not being so great, uh, I do want to support my guy Odell Beckham Jr., who's been very good. Uh, unfortunately, the team he plays for, not so good. So this is my indirect way of supporting him. Right. Now, were you you were down, uh, were you in San Diego over I, the weekend? I was. I went down to the SDCCU uh, Stadium okay. uh, to see Notre Dame play Navy. Uh, I'm a big uh, Fighting Irish fan, so it was great to see them. I got a nice win versus this very strange Navy offense. And uh, <laughs> if they beat if they beat uh, FSU, Syracuse, Northwestern, I will also be at the USC Notre Dame game uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, I believe. So hopefully that's their ticket to the playoff. Well, I can say that as as a bitter alum at the moment, uh, if you don't beat USC, then you're automatically out of the playoff. I don't care. You know, if I can be your only loss of the season, that disqualifies you if you lose to this USC no, team. No, I totally so. agree. You guys are going through a lot of turmoil, <laughs> but I would not be shocked if it's like some last second thing with like your third string quarterback possibly an interim <laughs> coach and i'm there to watch it and after they like they ran the table uh, all the way and then I, oh, i'd be crushed jack sears coming yeah. to save the day yeah. at usc never thought that would happen uh anyway plenty to talk about uh we will go through some guys to, to trade for and trade away the nfl trade deadline is actually tomorrow uh the fantasy trade deadline still a few weeks away but this is about the time you can start looking at some targets guys you might want to get on your roster guys you might want to get off your roster 
So look at those. Uh, look at some of the guys who sort of blew up your week because they had awful weeks. So we'll talk about some of them. Get your waiver wire picks, and uh, we'll go back to your tweets so you can complain about all the things that went wrong for you over the weekend with Monday Moaning. But first, let's do some news. Let's do the news. All right. So we have uh, we sort of danced around it. We might as well just jump on in. The Browns have fired Hugh Jackson, their head coach, after a 336-1 record over the past two-plus seasons. They also went out and fired offensive coordinator Todd Haley. Now, the second one to me seems like maybe the bigger surprise. I think we all saw the Hugh Jackson firing coming. That's kind of been a long time coming. But I think the, the initial impression was, well, they'd fire him and make Todd Haley the offensive coordinator. That's not the case. Todd Haley is gone as well. And I think we saw what Freddie Kitchens is now being elevated to what interim offensive coordinator at the moment. Greg Williams has been named the interim head coach. Fabs, I don't even know where to start with this. I don't even know what this means at this point. I have no idea. At least they didn't hire Jeff Fisher to be the head coach and Mike McCoy to be the offensive coordinator. Yet. That would have just been bad in reality and fantasy. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, uh, a running bats coach, so we, we would figure that maybe he's going to lean more on the run with Nick Chubb. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, things are uh, things are moving quickly in Cleveland, and it, it we will see what happens in terms of its effect on – the offense and how these players sort of start to perform because I mean, you know, Baker Mayfield has not been a consistent fantasy player, which I don't think we expected him to be. He's a rookie. Uh, Nick Chubb, bad matchup last week, but we would think that he's going to be involved week in and week out. I mean, Jarvis Landry, I mean, he was always going to see regression based on what he did last year in terms of the touchdowns. But he's been very unreliable this season. And I mean, this is one of the best pass catchers in the league. Yeah, I mean, he, he has been. He's been fantastic, uh, you know, in terms of targets and what he does with them. Um, I mean, Graham, obviously they cleared the deck. They traded Carlos Hyde to get Nick Chubb in there. Now, as, you, as Fabs mentioned, a running backs coach takes over as a pass catcher. I mean, does this does this mean we can start to expect more from Nick Chubb? I, I mean, I really don't know. I, I'm still trying to process what this whole thing is, is doing right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if anyone was paying attention during the offseason at any point they knew Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley would not work well together oh, yeah. and lo and behold it only Shocking. took eight weeks for it to turn into a total <laughs> freaking dumpster fire yeah look I mean they get the Chiefs and the Falcons before their week 11 bye so I mean two fantastic matchups there Nick Chubb has 18 carries in back-to-back games since Hyde was traded he's gonna be low in RB2 the Kansas City Chiefs obviously aren't great in their run defense and the Falcons have lost a lot of key players but yeah, I, honestly, I don't think this changes much about how we va- evaluate their offense for fantasy just because Haley has been so predictable. Hugh hasn't really done much of anything in his tenure there, so I can't really say we changed too much. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just curious to watch them in the next week or two to kind of get a feel. I mean, it was sort of like it was sort of like this past week watching Arizona to see exactly what the, uh, Byron Leftwich is going to do with that offense. Now it's, I mean, we have we have no idea what what Freddie Kitchens is like as a play caller, as an offensive you know, uh, as an offensive leader here. So this is still kind of new. So I'm sort of with you. you. You lean on the guys that we know. You lean on the Jarvis Landrys. You lean on on Nick Chubb, and I guess. David Njoku. Which, by the way, he played 82% of team snaps last week. It was just an unlucky game where he just didn't see yeah. targets. He saw one end zone target, but it was on a penalty. Right. I mean, I know it sucks because, you know, we were a lot of people were counting on him this week to seem like a week. It just... It just didn't happen. Tight end scoring is weird like that, man. Tight end scoring is just weird this year, period. It, yeah. it is just weird. Um, 
So, all right. So this, I mean, sure, we'll, we'll be dealing with a fallout from this for, I'm sure, at least a week trying to figure out what this means for the Browns and what this means for all their pieces and that sort of thing. Um, meanwhile, in Tampa Bay, the Bucks benched Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick came back into our lives after Jameis threw four picks. Now, Jameis Winston hasn't played full four full games yet this season and has, what, 10 interceptions? It's 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 insane how badly he has played in such a short amount of time. And now, Fabs, we look at this, and there there have to be questions about who is the starting quarterback going forward and who the starting quarterback going forward, I think, impacts what we do with guys like Deshaun Jackson and maybe Chris Godwin right now. Yeah, but let's not forget that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a journeyman who lost the job because he threw 10 picks in a game against the Bears. So, I mean... You're, pick your poison here, right? I mean, pick your poison. I'd rather have Jameis Winston as the quarterback. That's just me. Um, he sucked this past week. I mean, he was terrible. But in his previous two weeks, 30 fantasy points and 20 fantasy points. No matter how he got him, it doesn't matter. He's turning the ball over. He's still scoring for your fantasy team. And I expect that at some point... If it's Fitzpatrick who ends up being the starter this week, at some point he's going to have a bad game and they're going to pull him and it's going to be Winston back in the game. I'd like to just have a little bit of reliability here. Um, At this point, I can't trust either one of these guys because they got to play Carolina this week. Then you've got Washington the week after. And so you've got two bad matchups coming up. Then you got the Giants. That's a better one. But to me, I'd rather just keep I'd just rather keep Winston under center, uh, keep the continuity there, because if they keep flip, flipping back and forth, it's not going to be good for the Buccaneers, and it's not going to be good for fantasy owners either. What do they say? If you have two starting quarterbacks, then you don't have one starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's well, I mean, a mess. At this point, it's a mess. At this point, they, they really might not have a starting quarterback. I mean, at this so, point, and like, I know for us, from a fantasy perspective, yes, it's great. He's coming out, and he's putting up 20 and 30 points a week, and so... As we sit here, it doesn't really matter how he does it for us. But if you are dirt cutter and you're trying to hold on to your job, it matters how he does it for you. And the fact that. Uh, but Fitzpatrick is the same kind of quarterback. He makes mistakes all over the place. Yeah. No, you're so, right. You're right. But at least I don't know. I, and look, I, I can't speak for it. I just know that Ryan Fitzpatrick seems to have. He, he brought them back in that game. He got them their first few wins of the season. And yes, he is going to turn the ball over. It just it seems like he. I don't know. I can't explain it. Fitzpatrick's been better under pressure this year, too. I mean, uh, Next Gen Stats has it. uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's passer rating under pressure is 116 to Jameis's 96.6. I mean, we've seen now basically essentially two seasons where Jameis Winston has really struggled with this. He's been inconsistent, let's just say the least. With Mike Evans, Deshaun (laughs) Jackson, Chris Godwin, Cam Brait, O.J. Howard. I mean, he's like he's taken, what, 46 sacks in 17 games over the last two years? It's crazy. I mean, he's still... What twenty one interceptions? He's throwing it, and I think I, mean, I saw like over the last few years, uh, and I'd have to like check what the time frame is. But he has like the second most interceptions. Actually, he has the most I think behind or yeah. ahead of just ahead of Blake Bortles, right? Most turnovers, most given like he's given the ball away the most in terms of fum, uh, fumbles and interceptions over the last couple of years. But yeah, I mean his his completion rate has gone down for three straight weeks. He's thrown multiple interceptions in every game he's been in this year. He's taken multiple sacks in every game he's been in this year. I think it's kind of hard to get away from Fitzpatrick. Okay, here's the actual stat. Jameis Winston, since 2015, has thrown the second most interceptions in the NFL with 54 behind Blake Bortles, who has 55. Winston has played eight fewer games than Bortles in that stretch. And this is nothing new. I mean, Jameis was this way in Florida State. He's always going to be a high-variance passer, and you kind of have to live with the ups and downs, and obviously the Bucs aren't comfortable with that. So, and look, I... I don't know that either guy has been great, but at this point, if you had to put up Jameis Winston versus Marcus Mariota, which guy would you rather have right now? 
I'll pass on both. No. <laughs> I'll pass on both. I mean, I, w- I was into Mariota for sure this year just because of the new offensive coaching staff. And right. I mean, for sure, they've had a t- they've actually had the worst uh, in terms of strength schedule the first seven weeks. They've had the toughest strength schedule. So I'm I'm willing to see what they look like coming out of their bye. But yeah. Yeah, it just it just neither guy has. And I, I was sort of with you, Graham. I thought this was the year that that Mariota was going to make the leap, and so far. It hasn't happened. I'm not necessarily encouraged for it happening at any point. Uh, Demarius Thomas says he thinks it's 50-50. He will be traded by the trade deadline on Tuesday. And we've seen, we've already seen a few trades. We've seen some wide receivers moving around, Amari Cooper being the most recent one. Um, I mean, if you look at this, Graham, if you're looking at this right now and, you're, and, and Demarius Thomas is on the trading block, is there a spot you think he can go to that, that maximizes what he can do? He's, he, he's been... Up and down in Denver, is that just who he is now? Or is there, is there some place you think he can go that maybe he's a little bit better? I, I, you know, he's going to turn 31 actually on Christmas this year. I okay. think it'll be interesting to see. I'd like to see DT in kind of like a big slot role, like how Larry Fitzgerald kind of changed late in his career. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head where that might be. I know there was some rumbling that the Patriots would be interested. I don't really see that because they just traded a fifth for Gordon. Edelman's back. Yeah, I don't get back. I don't get that. Why? Like, you're loaded at wide receiver now. Why would you want Demarius Thomas? Well, the, the it, Patriots, It'd be bad for fantasy, that's for sure. The Patriots are the classic team. They just want to try to like load up improve their team load up anyway, <laughs> no matter what if there's value there Belichick's gonna yeah I mean I mean they have far far less depth at running back and uh especially with Sony Michelle banged up right now and, and they want to go and get Demarius Thomas that just seems a little odd to me I will say this if Demarius Thomas gets traded Cortland Sutton's going to end up being the hottest pickup off the waiver wire uh this side of Nick Chubb I can tell you that right now because Sutton has shown this is a a potential breakout player at some point in the next couple of seasons from a fantasy perspective. And if he ends up getting more burn, if DT gets traded, look out. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm looking up Demarius Thomas's contract. I mean, here's the thing. There there is an out at the end of this year. So if you are the Patriots or anybody else, you can potentially trade for him and not really have to lose a whole lot. You can potentially get pro- production out of him if if that works out, then hey, you keep him around for another year. If it doesn't work out, you can move on and not necessarily be hurt. I mean, that's for as much as we complain about, yeah, I won't say complain, but as much as people get frustrated with the Patriots, non-Patriots fans, I mean, you got to give them credit. They are smart about doing this sort of thing. If there's one spot, maybe it's Houston because they just lost Will Fuller. I mean, I, maybe Cutie can kind of play the outside play a little, little bit. bit more of a field stretcher role. It'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on that, of course. I'm sure by the time we come back on Thursday, uh, I have a feeling there will be some more news of guys moving teams and and maybe uh, finding new homes. So we'll talk about that and update that when that happens. In the meantime, that's pretty much all the news you need to know. That was the news. Uh, real quick, apparently uh, Wikipedia has already named Lincoln Riley the future head coach of the Cleveland Browns. He's not even through. He's not even halfway through his uh, college season right, right now, and Wikipedia is already uh, promoting him to the Cleveland Browns. So I don't know. Whatever. Wikipedia is a, a weird, fun place. Um, I mentioned earlier the trade deadline in fantasy comes in a few weeks. It's usually near the end of November, so we still got a few more weeks for you to finally kind of work some of those deals and, and build that roster. But I feel like this is a good time for us to start looking at some guys who potentially have good schedules down the stretch or are in bad situations or whatever have you 
So you can try to and craft a deal with someone in your league to try and build your roster either for a playoff run or for that uh, that run to a championship in your roster. So the guys that you want to trade for potentially, I was going through some schedules and a couple of guys that stood out for me, one in Carolina, Cam Newton has been a, a I feel like he's kind of uh, flown under the radar a little bit, especially when we talk about quarterbacks, because guys have been so good. I mean, yeah, obviously, Patrick Mahomes has been top of the list. Andrew Luck starting to get some attention. I mean, we focused on guys like Goff and Cousins and, you know, Trubisky getting hot. We haven't talked about Cam Newton and the fact that right now he's the QB four. He hasn't had any wild swings. He doesn't have a 30 point game. He also hasn't given you one terrible game so far this season. His worst game has been 16 points so far this year. And the schedule lays out really well for Cam down the stretch. I mean, he's still got the Bucs, uh, two games against the Bucs. He's got the Steelers, the Lions. He's got the Saints. He's got the Falcons. Cam Newton, I feel like, is going to win some leagues for some people this year. And I just, I, I, I feel bad because we just haven't really talked about Cam all that much this year. Well, Cam is Cam. I mean, and maybe that's what it is. Every season, typically, uh, outside of maybe one or two, he has um, he has put up huge numbers, and we just get a breaking news report here that yep. Ryan Fitzpatrick will start over Jameis Winston, which means in two weeks, Winston will end up starting again when Fitzpatrick <laughs> throws three picks. That's neither here nor there. Uh, Carolina this week, not sure I like that matchup for Ryan Fitzpatrick, but uh, Dirk Cutters, he's not going to be there very much longer. Um, that that, that offense is a mess. But yeah, that's why. Cam is this is just what we expect. It's just like when Peyton Manning goes out and has a a monster season during his illustrious career. I mean, okay, yeah, we kind of expected that. And Cam has he's been accurate. He's only thrown four interceptions this season. He's still running with the football. He's on pace uh, to have, you know, over 600 rushing yards and eight touchdowns as a runner. So and he's got he's got maybe the best weapons around him that he's ever had. Absolutely. So that that's a big that's a big part of his success, too, is that you know, you've got Greg Olson back and it looks like he's healthy, especially after last week. You've got Christian McCaffrey running in a featured role. Uh, you've got Devin Funches, who's emerging as, as a pretty good wide receiver. You've got DJ Moore and guys, if DJ Moore is on your waiver wire this week, pick him up 50% of his routes coming out of the slot playing the Buccaneers next week. Um, this is, this, this is what cam is uh, bottom line. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I guess, you know, usually I feel it's funny because we say like, this is what he is. Usually it's in a bad way, but this is what cam is. And for whatever reason, just because he hasn't had, I guess because he hasn't had the blow up weeks, um, then, then I think people haven't just paid attention to him so much because Patrick Mahomes is doing silly things each and every week, and Cam has just kind of been steady, and it's been it's been really great. You know, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey in here, by the way, and and you know, in theory, he's got that same great schedule down the stretch. And I feel like we've talked about this, but he's sort of underachieved this year, right? I mean, he's not scoring touchdowns, we know that, but I look at at his his yardage. Uh, didn't he just score two? He scored two on Sunday. I mean, one, one of them was, one one of them was, was an incredibly yeah, fluky was touchdown. Um, touchdowns is touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, but yes, but the, it's it's that's hard to count. Meanwhile, like his touches have sort of gone down. His his yardage totals have gone down significantly in the last few weeks. And maybe this is just a rough stretch. Maybe it just is the schedule hasn't quite worked out and it will yeah. open up for him. I just it's just. I feel like that's another thing. I feel like we've kind of generally ignored the Panthers, but Christian McCaffrey, I mean, has sort of just underachieved this year. Well, in week six and week seven, they got behind uh, early to Washington in week six. They went down two scores and then obviously had to chase the game against Philly. So they really haven't been in a game script that's allowed McCaffrey to establish the run. And then last week they played Baltimore and the Baltimore Ravens have a great front seven. So, 
Yeah, I don't I don't think it's really fair to say McCaffrey has been like he's underachieved. He's been he's been a top 12 PPR back. That's what he's drafted for, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. And I guess uh, I guess a that's, ton of snaps too. I mean, he's a, he's definitely playing a ton of snaps. It's like 98 percent up to up to this year. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess so. I guess I am. I'm, I'm expecting more from from Christian McCaffrey. Than you just maybe. want more touchdowns, man. That's, I, we that's all, all we all want more touchdowns, got three. right? That is all that we want. Uh, other guys that you might want to keep an eye out for. So David Johnson, who last week, Sunday, wasn't it wasn't spectacular, but he got you 100 scrimmage yards, right? And he, he looks like they're, they're going to get him more touches. They're going to get him more involved in the offense. I mean, at this point, can we still – is it still possibly buy low on David Johnson? And is everybody kind of upping their, their I think trade so. value on him? I think so. Based on the responses I was getting from my start sit um, Q&A on Friday on the NFL Fantasy Handle, I think everyone is trying to – like move David Johnson. I think they're just sick of him, man. Like they have their buy in week nine. They come back, face Kansas City, Oak, Oakland, the Chargers, Packers, Lions, and Falcons. It's pretty bad. It's not bad. Yeah. And then, I mean, perf- uh, sharp football stats, uh, strength of schedule metrics over the next, basically next eight weeks, the Cardinals are number one in terms of rush D efficiency on their opponents. So not a bad little open. It's not a bad schedule. Not a bad schedule. Not a bad schedule at all. But I, I do sense, obviously, there's a lot of frustration with David Johnson because it just... And the thing is, he's what he's a top ten running back right now. It just, it, I think I think people feel about him sort of the way I've been feeling about uh, about Christian McCaffrey. That we just expected fair. so much more. That's fair. And it just hasn't quite worked out. He's actually in standard the number twelve RB right now. But either way, I mean, he's still kind of giving you RB one production most weeks. Uh, I think we just we just expected so much more. But oh, who knows? Maybe more is is coming down the stretch. Um. Doug Baldwin, and I put him in here sort of like head-scratchingly, right? Because the, the Seahawks offense has actually started to play better. Their offensive line has actually started to play better, which is a little bit of a surprise, and that's helping Russell Wilson. Um, the problem, Fabs, is that there's just not a lot of passing volume in this offense. I mean... Yeah, what did he have? What, 17? 17, 17 attempts. 17 uh, attempts, 14, 14 completions. completions. Yeah, Doug Baldwin has potential, but they're just not throwing it all that much there. Well, pick up David Moore. <laughs> I mean, dude has four touchdowns in his last three games, really. And Doug Baldwin's had one good PPR game all year, one. Um, and I think a part of the reason why, I mean, just like you mentioned, I mean, they're running the ball so successfully. I mean, Chris Carson, 300-yard games uh, in his last four. Um, you know, Mike Davis has had a couple of flashes here and there. They're just running the ball so well. But here's the thing, and, you know, can, can is there going to be any regression with the percentage of completions that end up being touchdowns that Russell has from here on out? Because you know if he's throwing three touchdown passes for every fourteen completions every single game, that's ridiculous. Yeah, his his touchdown rate. That's right ridiculous. It's eight point eight percent. That's uh, tops. In the league behind Mahomes. Can I mean, we count on that? No, you can't. I mean, exactly. Wilson hasn't thrown for more than uh, twenty six pass attempts since week two. And I mean, there's there's no there's just not enough volume, not for, enough any, volume for anyone here besides Wilson. Mm-hmm. That's and, it. and if you're telling me that, you know, this is going to be his limit. I mean, he's going to throw 20 passes max a game. You know, I've got to I've got to hope that he can continue to put up a big percentage of those completions into touchdowns because 
Otherwise, he's not running the ball. He's not at all. The ball. And that's where Russell Wilson and any quarterback, any quarterback who can run with the football, and we've seen it. There have been bad NFL quarterbacks who have been good fantasy quarterbacks because they can run with the football. And that just added to Russell's value, and that's why he's been so great for so long. Uh, the number one quarterback in fantasy last season. But if Russell's not giving me the rushing yards and I have to depend on a a high percentage of touchdown passes on a low percentage of completions every week, then I feel like I'm kind of playing with fire. Now, I guess the upside is he's had two or more touchdown passes in every game except one. So that has sort of kept him afloat because he's not the yardage has not been there. He he got he hit 298 in week one. He hasn't sniffed. He hasn't really sniffed 275. I mean, since then, you he's know? just been hyper efficient. This, off, super this Seahawks, efficient. The Seahawks offense, they've increased their play action rate over the last three weeks. And it's really helped clear up those throwing lanes for Russell Wilson. And that's why we're seeing these huge chunk plays and all the red zone efficiency, too. I mean, Wilson has been the best red zone quarterback in the league this year in terms of touchdown rate. That That's pretty amazing, too. And that, that definitely, you know, it's funny, too, because it happens when Jimmy Graham is gone. So, you know, you, you would figure it would have. You know, kind stop of, shoveling yeah. targets to Jimmy Graham. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. So, I mean, I think that in terms of the schedule, it, it opens up for Doug Baldwin, but I don't know that it that it works necessarily. I, you know, Chris Carson, who I have on this list, also seems like a much better candidate just because they are running the ball a lot now in Seattle. And it's funny too because, like, you remember he had that huge game, and then the following game, it was like. Wait, Mike Davis is going to play when Carson's going to be out of action? Rashad Penny didn't play a single snap and this week. I know. I mean, that might that may end up going down as one of the worst first round picks in in not only the Seahawks franchise but <laughs> the NFL. If I mean, you're not going to use the guy. They made a, they made a trade to get him. Too. I mean, and this is a team that had other needs. Ah, man. Um, so I put Dalvin Cook on the list because the schedule for the Vikings is really good down the stretch, especially yep. in the playoffs. And I guess it's just a belief in whether or not Dalvin Cook is going to get healthy. You look at their playoff schedule. It's Seattle, Miami, and Detroit. I mean, the Seahawks on the road could be a tough matchup, but the the Dolphins and the Lions have had no answers for running back so far this season. So those two are great. Just can we be assured, what level of confidence do either of you have that Dalvin Cook is going to be healthy and ready to go when we get to weeks you know, 14, 15, 16? I mean... The dude, and I know Dalvin, and he's a good dude, but, I mean, he's been hurt for the majority of his NFL career, and it's a short NFL career, but he was great last year. Unfortunately, the knee injury knocked him out for most of the season, and now he's had the hamstring that has hindered him throughout this season. And the thing that I'm a little bit concerned about is, so Latavius is going to play Detroit this coming week, and he's going to run all over them. So, I mean, he's going to end up having four good weeks in a row. And does he somehow become a bigger part of the backfield rotation if he continues to play well, once Dalvin does come back, and is this hamstring going to be a thing of the past once they do bring him back? Because Soft they've tried to bring him man. back, and it's been a problem. And then we had uh, two weeks ago where he had a full participation, and then suddenly yeah. he's he's out, and, and w- w- what happened? I, I, what I, happened? The, suddenly he had some sort of setback. The Vikings have not been clear about this at all. At first, when Dalvin Cook pulled his hamstring, he basically just said it was cramps. Yep. I mean, we, we have no actual intel on what Cook's injury is. I, I want no part. I want I want no part of Dalvin Cook. Uh, I mean, I made it's unfortunate because I, I loved him too this year. I, I made a deal with you, Fabs, to get him too. So but like, you, but I did give you Latavius, and so you're covered. True. So I'm like, covered. I mean, this week, I mean, Detroit, uh, they can't stop the run. So I mean, it's a great Look, play. And but I mean, you, you take risks. I mean, I've been taking risks uh, all season long in trades. I mean, it happens because you know. If you're in a position like you are where you're going to make the playoffs, 
why not take a risk and get a guy who has a ridiculously favorable schedule during the fantasy playoffs? And you roll the dice and you see what happens. So, um, so that's maybe I put him on this list because I'm hoping for my own selfish purposes that he comes back yeah. and is healthy uh, and, and is ready to go. Um, a couple of Ravens on the list: John Brown and Alex Collins. And John Brown has been uh, just—he's been great this year. Uh, you know, he had one or two down weeks, but I feel like that's. You know, that's going to happen, especially with wide receivers, but it happens with everybody. But John Brown's been been really, really good. Alex Collins has been a little bit harder to figure so far because, well, I saw the stat yesterday before the game. Lamar Jackson is actually second in rushing yards in, in Baltimore, which I think speaks more to their running backs than it does to anything Lamar Jackson may be doing there. I, I would assume you guys have more confidence in John Brown than Alex Collins, or, or you know, maybe I'm wrong there. No, I do. I mean, John Brown has has he deserves our trust. I mean, I know he wasn't great last week, but I mean, he's not an elite wide receiver who's going to put up 20 every single game, but he's clearly become the number one target for Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, what does he like to do? He likes to take chances downfield. John Brown, where does he make a lot of his hay in the vertical pass attack? So I still trust him. But again, I mean, you know, this is a situation here where there's going to be ebbs and flows, but I think John Brown's been much better than most of us expected in terms of his statistical success. I mean, he's been better than Michael Crabtree, and a lot of us thought Crabtree would be the guy who leads that team in targets uh, and fantasy points at the wide receiver position. So uh, even if the matchup isn't great, and we're entering apocalypse right now with six teams on a bye. <laughs> That's bad this week. Uh, he, he's he's going to be in most lineups. Yeah, John Brown's next three games, he gets the Steelers, Bengals, and Raiders all at home. Giddy up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Brown, Brown leaves all receivers still in deep targets per game. Which is, I mean, which is great. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny because I think because of the health issues uh, and because we didn't see him for a little while, I think we sort of forgot a little bit of what he did in Arizona. I mean, like when, when the Cardinals had it rolling for a little while, right, and they had Larry Fitzgerald still kind of at the height of his powers and Carson Palmer slinging it, and John Brown – like really jumped in their consciousness as that deep that deep threat guy, that big play guy. And I think we sort of forgot about it. So uh, but it's good to have him back. It's absolutely nice uh, to have him back. Um, guys to trade away on the flip side, guys that we don't really want any parts of. I looked at the, the, the Falcons schedule down the stretch and it is it is not great. Uh, which is sort of surprising because they play in the NFC South, so you figure they'd have some chances. But their schedule in the fantasy playoffs at Green Bay, home to Arizona, and then at Carolina, um, you know, then they tantalize us by playing the Bucks in Week 17. Thanks for nothing. Um, yeah, maybe you're going to trade away Julio. I know people are still, like, really unnecessarily flipping out over this no-touchdown thing. I'm not trading Julio Jones, but you could talk me into moving Mohamed Sanu and Calvin Ridley Unless one of you guys can talk me out of it and, and give me a reason why you would consider hanging on to one or both of those guys at this point. You want to hear something crazy? Sure. Julio Jones is having more yards per game than Adam Thielen. <laughs> that is kind of wild. That a guy who has, what, eight I'm just straight 100-yard games? Julio is a sicko every single year. He's amazing on a yards gain per rerun basis. Um, I don't think most people know, but Calvin Ridley has yet to play over 65% of the Falcons team snaps. I don't think anybody knows that. I mean, we were basically banking on him scoring on one of his five targets every week. And right. Yeah, I mean, he was an easy, easy sell high. For, and for anybody, a while, yeah, but for a while he was doing that. For, for, for um, anyone paying attention to usage, yeah, it really was an easy sell high. And I agree. The Falcons had a fantastic opening schedule. Fantastic opening schedule. Now they come back and play Washington, Cleveland, and Dallas, all three of which, I mean, I think all three are pretty stingy defenses. Right. 
so I don't know. I just I feel like this is probably the time, you know, get what you can out of the Falcons guys right now. Um, I mean, looking at the, the schedule coming up, I mean, they uh, they just come off the bye. It's not great, really. I mean, at Washington, at Cleveland, which is, is hit or miss. I mean, the Cowboys can can be tough. I mean, they've got the Saints, but it's just not a great schedule. So this might be the time to start moving some of those Falcons off your roster and, and seeing what you can get there. Um Similarly, with the receivers there in Detroit, at least, you know, two of the three, I feel like Golden Tate is generally pretty safe, although I know he's not lately. I say I know that lately he's kind of been as uh, a Golden Tate owner. I know he's not been that good lately, but certainly Kimmy Galladay and Marvin Jones, because one, you know, obviously a lot of people, myself included, uh, sat Marvin Jones in a lot of leagues and certainly did not expect the explosion that happened on Sunday. But uh, again, their schedule down the stretch at Arizona, at Buffalo, and then home to the Minnesota Vikings, not particularly encouraging. I guess I could make a case for, for Galladay, but I have a hard time holding on to Marvin Jones at this point. Whew. It's hard. Sell high on him then after the big after game. After today, yeah, after your Sunday. Maybe you right. package him in a deal. The larger concern for me is not necessarily their schedule. It's just the way they're structuring their offense. During the first three games of the year, the Lions were averaging 70 plays per game per PFF's Pat Thorman. Since then, the Lions are at 56 plays per game. That's way, like, by far the last team in the NFL in terms of play volume per game. It's why all these guys aren't seeing consistent targets. We've seen Tate's targets fall. We've seen Galladay's targets fall. Marvin Jones has had big random spiked weeks. Um, yeah, I think it's just kind of the structure of their offense right now. I mean, it is, and it's also that, you know, we've talked about this, that Matthew Stafford is just not throwing the ball nearly as much, it seems, as he has in the past. I mean, you know, he, he's this was a guy that in the past, we you could lock him up for close to 600 passing attempts per season. Um, it, it just hasn't been there like that this year. The Lions are trying to do other things. They're actually trying to incorporate a little bit of a running game. I mean, we've seen more carry on Johnson and even some of the Garrett Blunt blurg over the last few weeks. But uh, it's just a different offense. Than it has and they didn't even run the ball well, successfully this past week. I mean, carry on made most of his hay as a pass catcher. Yeah. And Stafford still gave you 17, which is subpar right now for a quarterback. It's a double whammy, right? The Lions are running fewer plays because they want to run the ball. And the Lions are consistently one of the slowest pace teams in the NFL in terms Mm -hmm. of offensive pace. Last year, they're 27th. This year, they're dead last in pace uh, pace per play. So, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where it's the same thing we were just talking about with Russell Wilson. It's a double whammy. You got a semi-slow offense that's run heavy. (laughs) Those pass attempts are going to come down. Right. Uh, the Saints schedule down the stretch is not particularly great either. And so a couple names there, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas. I look at the schedule and I'm like, yeah, Michael Thomas, maybe, maybe he worries me. I, I may, maybe this is just me going on my own personal bias and my love for watching him play as a football player. I can't, I can't bring myself to maybe put Michael Thomas on the trading block. Yeah. He's such a stud. He's such a stud, right? It's five for 60 is your floor every week. It's insane. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, and I, I, look, I understand the reasoning. The start but, of this. And, and I, w- once Ingram came back, I said to sell high on Drew Brees and Drew Brees has not been good his last two games. He had seven against uh, Minnesota last night. I think seven points. Not good. And now that this offense is, is going to end up going back towards – well, I mean, Ingram got most of his burn in the second half, but Kamara is still the dude. But, I mean, Michael Thomas, the start that he had it was unbelievable. He had, what, 22-plus in three straight games, two games over 30. And since then, outside of one game where he had about 19, he's been mediocre. He's, he has <laughs> been mediocre. I mean, right. I get it. I mean – 
David Moore has more touchdowns in in the last three games uh, than than Thomas has. It's 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 a weird dynamic there in New England, and I get it. Michael Thomas is awesome, and he's going to have monster games. But I I mean I'm I had him in two leagues, uh, three leagues. I traded him away in two, and I mean so far, to be honest with you, losing him hasn't hurt me. It hasn't hurt me. But I I would tell you this: you've got to get a boatload in return for him. You have to get him. Don't trade him after last night when he didn't put up a good stat line. And honestly, his biggest his biggest play of the game last night that wasn't a catch. He got lucky. That was not a catch. Yeah, and was, then the Vikings didn't want to to challenge it and then burn both of their challenges at the beginning of the game. But he got lucky. That wasn't a catch. That was a weird game last night for, for what it's worth. I mean, Cousins throws, <laughs> throws the pick six. Thielen has a weird fumble that was returned. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not selling Mike Thomas. Just I'm going to go on the other If I can get here. a boatload for him, yeah. I'll do it. I mean, they get Rams, Rams, Bengals, Eagles in their next three. They've already had their bye. None of those, mm-hmm. none of those secondaries scare me, especially since Marcus Peters hasn't been playing as well. With his calf injury this year, the Bengals have been losing to defensive players left and right, and the Eagles secondary hasn't been very good. Yeah. I'm not I'm not afraid of Michael Thomas the next couple of weeks. I yeah, I think I think I just can't move him. Drew Brees, I, I, I can make a case for just because, you know, now that Mark Ingram is back, they're back to being that that offense that leans a little more heavily on their running backs. They don't Drew Brees doesn't have to throw for 300 yards because they don't need him to throw for 300 yards. So that one I can I can certainly although trading quarterbacks is always really difficult, also. Yeah. Um Aaron Jones, all the Aaron Jones truthers rejoice. He actually had a good game on time. Sunday, right? Like, they gave him touches. He he ran the ball well. He scored a touchdown. Although I did laugh early in the game when, you know, they got near the goal line. And they put Jamal Williams in there, and he got a rushing touchdown at the goal line. But yep. Aaron Jones, like, is this is this a sell-high time on him, or do you, like, you try to ride this out with him right now? <laughs> That's a good question because, I mean, they still utilize Jamal Williams, and though. Ty Montgomery, he may be in the doghouse for the rest of the uh, season yeah, after like, what he did. You guys, I feel you guys hear what happened it, on yeah, the sideline? Yeah, so basically uh, the coaching staff told Ty Montgomery to take a knee on the kick, and instead of doing that, he ran it, fumbled, lost any opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to make a comeback, which, I mean, he's had maybe one or two in his career. And um, uh, th- there's there's a little dissension among the Packers ranks right now on that team when it comes to Ty Montgomery. So maybe that's actually a good thing for Aaron Jones. Well, the play before what happened was Ty Montgomery got pulled off the field, right. slammed his helmet, got angry. Yeah. And then the because next, because no, the, right. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then the kick return, he decides to bring it back, even though they told him not to. Mm-hmm. Not a good situation. No, not a good situation. Yeah. I feel like uh, Ty Montgomery might not be a threat to uh, to anybody in that backfield in, in anytime soon just because of what's happening. So, uh, but, you know, Aaron Jones, again, playing at least well this past week, um, maybe it is time to look to move him. Looking at Green Bay's schedule in the in the postseason, uh, they've got Atlanta, which is good at home. Uh, then they go to Chicago, which, you know, depending on how the division shakes out, could be a huge game in the NFC North. And then they finish at the New York Jets uh, in week 16. Again, Detroit in week 17 would be great. Not helping anybody. Thanks, schedule makers. Um <laughs> So okay, that's maybe a reason to, to consider moving Aaron Jones. Uh, TJ Yeldon. What are you going to get for him right now? Nothing. That's the thing. That's like, it. Like, there's like the nothing. Ske- the, it's not even so much about schedule for me with, with them. Um, it's just about the fact that Leonard Fournette's going to come back at some point. And Carlos Hyde is there. Yeah. Um, there's just, I guess if you didn't move TJ Yeldon, you're probably stuck with TJ Yeldon at this point, right? Like there's no packaging him maybe is about the best thing. I mean, yeah, you could try and package him, but 
at this point, I'm, I think who's going to take him? Yeah, the only play you have here maybe is you package Yeldon and Fournette to somebody that feels like they want a piece of the Jags rushing offense over the final. Yep, that know, makes sense. You know, the final eight games of their season. But other than that, ah. um, here's what. So this is an interesting question. As I was going through this list and putting these guys together, this is one that I thought was interesting because you look at the Rams' schedule, right? They've got they've got the Bears, the Eagles, and the Cardinals. Uh, in the fantasy playoffs. And, you know, a couple of those uh, could potentially be tough matchups, but the Rams offense to this point has been such a juggernaut that, you know, I mean, the Packers kind of got after them a little bit on Sunday. Curious to see what happens with them and the Saints coming up this week. Is this a case, though, where you look at this, you look at their production and seeing what they can do and you don't worry about the schedule? Or do you even take that into account and say, you know, what, maybe maybe we have ridden this Robert Woods train or Brandon Cooks or what have you as far as we can. And maybe it's time to get off this train right now. What's amazing to me is that their production has sort of both fallen as we believed that there were going to be more target opportunities with Cooper Cup on the sidelines. I mean, Brandon Cooks was stuck at a goose egg forever For in that while. game. Yep yesterday and that game was weird too because Packers did a great job yeah, defensively in, in the first half especially yep. they they really did uh and, and uh Jir uh, Alexander I mean he he was was he's all over the place extremely good extremely good in that game so w- what's weird is that I mean ever since Cooper Cup has been out the passing game seemed to have taken a little bit of a step back. Well, the first three quarters, the Packers blitzed a ton. And that's what, mm-hmm. I mean, Jared Goff was rattled in the pocket. We know what the Rams are going to do every week. They're going to send 11 personnel out there. They're not going to, they're not going to leave their tight ends to block very much. So blitzes work against them if Goff can't beat them. And that's why we saw the Rams offense kind of stagnate a little bit. But then we saw the upside, right? Yes. They start running those play actions. They hit the woods yep. on the crossers. They yep. hit cooks deep. They, hit, they get girly involved in the pass game, the short passing game to kind of neutralize the blitz. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's that's one of those. That's another team too, like the Saints. I'm not trading Mike Thomas. I'm not trading. <laughs> These guys are just studs. They get five, six, five for sixty every week. Any touchdowns that you get is just gravy. See, for me, everybody's on the block. Sands, you know, maybe like a like a girly, like an elite player, like a girly, or maybe even like a Thielen right now. But that's just me. I'm a riverboat gambler when it comes to making trades. I'm always ready for the action. So then I'm assuming you'd be perfectly ready to trade Kenyon Drake at this point, right? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, right now his value is not going to get any higher. I mean, the last couple of games and, you know, he got set up perfectly. There was a turnover. Um, there was a bad call. Ended up giving the Dolphins the the ball deep where they might have otherwise had to kick a field goal. And Drake ended up scoring a touchdown. He scored three times in his last two games. But the playoff schedule just scares me. I mean, New England, what is what does New England do? Right defensively, they take away the opposition's best player, or at least they try to. And Drake is the best player Miami has on offense. I mean, there's no question about that, right? Then he goes to Minnesota, still a tough road game, game script to be an issue there. And then in week 16, he's got Jacksonville. And I get Jacksonville's sort of a dumpster fire right now, but the defense is still pretty good. So if I can flip Kenyon Drake right now and get a nice package in return, I'd seriously be thinking about it. You, you don't want a piece of a Brock Weiler offense? <laughs> What's wrong? Shocking. That's what you're looking well, Hey, <laughs> If he's still throwing Shocking. the ball to Devontae Parker so much, then maybe. But, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Drake was one of the guys that I was fading. I didn't I, – I got him in one league. I think it was a best ball league. That was it because he's an explosive guy who can do exactly that, give you a monster stat line. But I – I'm I'm still I mean Frank Gore is still getting his touches there. Yep. He's still getting his touches there. 
I would say this. That's one thing that Adam Gaze has been spot on with the public about is that he, he's been saying from the beginning, look, Frank Gore is not here just to be, you know, a figurehead. He's not here just to be a veteran presence. Like, we're going to play him. And mm-hmm. it's true to his word, they have given Frank Gore the ball. And, like, let's be honest with it. I mean, Gore has played well, you know, in, in relatively limited opportunities. He has done a lot with his opportunities. So um, that's going to keep going until something uh, really sideways happens. So, uh, of course, we'll be talking about this a little bit more as we get a little bit closer to the trading deadline. And who knows if there are actual NFL trades that have fantasy value that could impact who you may be trading for or trading away uh, as we get to the close the close of the trading season here in fantasy football. G Suite is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. These tools improve your work life, both in terms of your experience and the outputs you create. Hence their new campaign, Make It With G Suite. You know, you've done this before. You have 20 identical versions of a document. They're all labeled final, and then you start to forget which one is which, which one is the most current one. So you make another version of it. You call that one final, final. Well, with G Suite by Google Cloud, a range of work apps like Gmail, Docs, and Slides lets you make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of version after version of a project. And... Since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. To find out more about G Suite's productivity tools, visit gsuite.com. That's gsuite.com. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. All right. Uh, Some guys who... Well, let's just be honest with you. Stunk it up this past week, fantasy-wise. Who did not give you the kind of production that you thought you would get. Uh, and we, I know, Fabs, you made a list of some of these guys. And I know there's one here, and we'll get to him in a little bit, that particularly yep. drew your ire. But uh, your your list of stinkers this week actually begins with Drew Brees. Yeah, well, I talked about it. I, again, seven fantasy points. And his, his numbers haven't been great since Ingram Kamara back in the mix. And, and I just... Remember last season, I had Drew Brees on one of my rosters and I hated starting him every single week because he was <laughs> mediocre. And I get it. You know, it's a high standard. This is one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of fantasy football. But last season, he was giving you like 16, 17 points a game. I mean, that's that's modest for a guy uh, of Drew Brees' stature. And I, I'm just worried that we're going to get back into that again, where he'll give you some good stat lines, but then he'll throw a seven at you and, and knock you out for a week because that is a really hard thing to overcome in fantasy football. When your quarterback gives you fewer than 10 points, it's really hard to come back from that. And I know that well because I started Jameis Winston in like three leagues this week. Yeah, it doesn't think you're funny because James Winston had a terrible game, but he still outscored Drew Brees, which <laughs> yeah, tells right. you a lot about how they. Yeah, what's crazy is that Taysom Hill scored three fewer points than Drew Brees. Can we talk about the Taysom Hill usage now in this offense? It's insane. Sean Payton's not listening. Sean Payton is not helping us out. I mean, and I know it's not his job, but it's crazy. Like he's getting carries, he's getting receptions, he's getting he's he's making, he's throwing passes. This is just the same iteration of the same Sean Payton we've seen for so many years. Where he it's just, just a new like, player. Yeah, right? yeah, it's just a new guy. It's just so frustrating. <laughs> going back real quick, going back to Fabs' original point, um, in the first four games in the year when they didn't have Ingram, the Saints were averaging 40, uh, 40 pass attempts per game, and over the last three weeks with Ingram, it's down to twenty seven. Yeah, I mean, and, and that go- was. Yep, they're going back to that run-heavy offense with both of those. Th- that that formula almost got them, and maybe should have gotten should them have. to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So at they, least a shot at the Super. Bowl. Why go right? Why go back? Why why go back and and, and 
I get it. You know, for fantasy purposes, we would love them to be throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game for Breeze and Michael Thomas and Kamara, who's a pass catching running back. But for real football, the Saints were a better team last season when they leaned on Ingram, Kamara and the run. Yeah. I mean, look, this is one of those things where obviously the, the fantasy versions and the and the real life versions sort of sort of clash with one another. So uh, that's one to keep an eye on. Look, I, I'm curious because I know you've been kind of you've, you've had this Raheem Mostert rant just kind of dude percolating for a while. I'm so, I see. Just I, I will give you a minute to you want to get a sip of water. Ahem, no, go ahead. Go, I, dude, I mean, go for it. Shannon Hannigan's. I thought it was dead. OK, and obviously it's lived on through Mike Shanahan's son, Kyle. Right. Now, now we liked Kyle Shanahan, okay? Last three seasons, he's given us a top eight PPR running back in each of those seasons. And a lot of us were excited about Jarek McKinnon, and then he went down. And, you know, now you've got Matt Breida in there, okay? And Matt Breida, to me, and there's been a lot of frustrating players. Matt Breida has been the single most frustrating fantasy player in 2018. Why? Because this guy is like a damn zombie, okay? We think he's dead, and he just comes back to life. Now, let's look back at the timeline here for Brita, okay? Now, remember back in week three, looked like he really hurt himself bad against the Chiefs. Like, we thought he's going to be out several weeks. This is going to be a situation where, all of a sudden, Alfred Morris is going to get a lot of burn, right? We really thought that was going to be the case. And then, suddenly, Brita's okay. And he plays 63% of the snaps the following week. And anyone who picked up Alfred Morris was basically busted. But then he injured his ankle. Okay, so then the following week, we're thinking, oh, Alfred Morris. Maybe we, maybe this is the week to, to go out and get him. Uh, Alfred Morris basically ended up being close to a featured back. And then you're thinking, okay, week five, Morris has 21 touches, 45% of the snaps. Breed is hurt again. So I'm going to play Alfred Morris in the upcoming week. And Breed... It looked like he had a high ankle sprain. They were saying mid to high ankle sprain with this guy, okay? Even Shanahan said he was going to be doubtful to play uh, that week, and that would have been uh, week six. So all of a sudden, Brita is upgraded late in the week to a limited participation in practice, still not likely to play. Guess what? He ends up being active, and he leads the damn Niners in snaps and touches, and Morris has no touches in the game. So people who started Alfred Morris got a big, fat nothing. Okay, so now we're back to... Okay, well, I guess Breed is the guy now. But wait a minute. This Raheem Mostert, he's kind of interesting too, right? Week six, the snap count, 47% for Breed, 40 for Mostert. So we're thinking, okay, Alfred Morris is out of the mix now, and it's Breed and Mostert. Okay, now move ahead. Week seven, Breed still banged up. He's got an ankle injury. He's got a shoulder injury. He's, he's on the injury report. We're thinking, okay, he's not going to play, right? He's, he's not going to play. And then all of a sudden, he ends up being taken off the injury play, plays in week seven against the Rams. And he plays five snaps and then he gets hurt, right? So then what happens? Mostert becomes the guy. He is the featured back, 38% of the snaps, leads the backfield in touches. And oh my goodness gracious, Matt Breida is now going to miss time and Mostert is going to be the number one waiver wire pickup. And I'm going to start Mostert. You know why? Graham, he's playing the Cardinals and their defense stinks against the run. And Mostert was probably the most popular sleeper in fantasy football among running backs last week. So what happens? Okay, Breed is missing practice. Misses practice Wednesday. Misses practice Thursday. He's limited on Friday. He's questionable. Doesn't seem likely to play. Then there's a report that comes out that Breed is going to play, but he's going to be limited. 
okay, well, he's going to be limited, so maybe I can still play Mostert, right? It's a good matchup. This guy, last week, you know, he led the team in snap percentage. He led the team in touches. I want to play Mostert. Brady played 47% of the snaps, and he had 16 touches, and Mostert had two. You all right? No. Kyle Shanahan. I'm afraid of the table right you need some now. What did we do? What did we do to you? To make you treat us this way. Fantasy football. Listen, we live and die with this stuff. Two. I'm sorry, Graham. I don't mean to scare you. (laughs) Two touches. Two touches after he had 11 the previous week and 12 the previous week. And this has everything to do with Brita. Somebody's not being honest with us. The guy is hurt and he comes out of nowhere. All of a sudden he's leading with 47% of the snaps. I'm done. Your, your, your voice is going. So take a I'm break. done, man. <laughs> like seriously, guys. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. Is he not the most frustrating player in fantasy football? And is this not the most frustrating situation in fantasy football? It, it has been. It has been kind of remarkable. At the very least, he's the toughest player in football, right? Or, or well, I, no. If he was tough, he would stay in the whole damn game. I feel like he's either he's the toughest or he's just extra when it comes to like getting hurt. And I haven't figured out which one is which yet. In fairness, though, I mean, he separated his shoulder in the preseason. That is true. That knee injury looked like it was going to be the knee injury weeks. looked the awful. Ankle injury looked bad too. So yeah, I guess to that point, it, it, he he seems to just bounce back. He's sort of Wolverine-ish and and comes back a little bit. Um. But he bounces back, and then he gets banged up, and I mean, it's a mess. Well, and then, like, the whole Morris thing, too. He went from, like, not touching the football, and we're thinking he's going to be out of the mix. So it's not only just about Breed, it's, I mean, the usage is, like, 100% unpredictable. The usage is unpredictable. No idea. And I will say this. Like, he, he, Breed keeps coming back, and every time he comes back, it's been just average production. It's not like he's come back and, like, giving you, like, great numbers, you know? So he's just, he's sort of sucked the air out of the offense for everybody else, right? You know what's incredible? As a team, the Niners are third in rushing yards per game, and they don't have a single startable That's fantasy amazing. running back. That you can great. trust, right? Yeah. I mean, they've got Oakland this week. I believe it's Thursday night. That's on Thursday. And, I mean, Oakland oh. just gave up, you know, 30 points to, to Marlon Mack, but, like, that's also a part of the frustration, too, is that, like, these Cardinals running backs are getting good matchups, and I don't know who the heck to start, I'm, I'm man. Trying to, I'm, 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 I'm still blown away, Graham, by you saying their they're rushing totals, and it's I'm incredible. looking at this, like, holy crap. Like, Shanahan I, is the man. He's incredible every year. It's just we don't have any – it's just now turned into this – Unpredictable. It's just, it's just they because because of, because of Brady's injury. They're doing it however they can do it, and there's no. You're right. There's nobody here that you can. I have a feeling that Matt Breed is even going to somehow play during the bye. Like when the Niners go on, right, exactly. <laughs> they'll find a way to play and get like ten carries that week. I, I mean, just and, and I started Mostert in in two leagues because I kind of had to because I had filled in bye week and injuries with that. And goodness, two. <laughs> Two touches, man. Uh, I mean, geez, Louise. Um, uh, let's see other names on your stinkers list. Jimmy, Jimmy Graham, like that. Yeah. I thought this. I really thought this was gonna be a huge Jimmy Graham because the Rams hadn't been able to really corral tight ends all year long. I mean, that's that's how Jared Cook broke into our consciousness back in Week One. I thought this was gonna be a huge Jimmy Graham week. He almost had a touchdown, and then that was the last we heard of him for the rest of that and game. Dude, the what, one a, catch. what a, you want to talk about? So in Joku who had maybe the best matchup of, of any tight end, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, he had the best matchup of any tight end sans CJ Uzama. Who and, also goose egg. And they both had nothing. <laughs> they both had, hey, guys, don't let your kids grow up to be fantasy football analysts because it's not easy. It's not easy, especially if you look at Twitter. 
I'm so I'm looking at the the top tight ends for week eight, right? Jordan Thomas, first off, is the number one tight end who had 29 whole receiving yards, but he had two touchdowns. Um, all right, Travis Kelsey. All right, no surprise. Jared Cook this year, not really a surprise. Uh, welcome back, Jack Doyle. Ed Dixon Ed shows up, up there, yeah. at number seven. Um, Dallas Goddard, who has started to get more work, is kind of a. I mean, he's had what? He's got three touchdowns this year. Um, it's just so hard to figure tight ends, man. Like, I know we say this every year, but it really is hard to figure out the tight end position. So uh, it's been a mess. These are guys. So those guys stunk it up. Hopefully, hopefully next week they don't they don't stink it up quite so much. All right. Robin Hood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options and cryptos all commission free. So even if you're a stock market newcomer. You can invest for the first time with true confidence. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees, which means you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Or if you're on the web, you can view stock collections like the 100 most popular, as well as sectors like entertainment and social media and more curated categories like female CEOs. Plus, you can discover new stocks and track favorite companies with a personalized news feed. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at NFL. NFLLive.robinhood.com. That's NFLLive.robinhood.com. All right, waiver wire looks for week nine. And we talk about tight ends and needing some of them. So the guy at the top of the list, Jack Doyle, he's he's back, right? I mean, like, I mean, Graham, the, the Colts had three tight ends catch a touchdown on Sunday with you know Eric Ebron, not really a shock. Jack Doyle, not really a big surprise. Mo Alley Cox comes out of nowhere and catches a touchdown. Dude, that was a great catch. It was a great dude. catch. We can't count on Mo Alley Cox, right? There's no way. Like, I can't believe in this guy yet. Well, the biggest thing that I took away from this game was Eric Ebron's usage. I mean, Ebron only played 18% of Colt snaps. 18%. And now in three games where Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron have both been healthy, Ebron has been held below 50% of Colt snaps. Doyle has out-targeted him 22 to 11. Um, yeah, Jack Doyle is the tight end you want. And in, unless Ebron becomes a more staple piece of the offense, I know he's the move tight end there. Mm-hmm. He's going to play some slide. He's going to play out wide. He's not going to block at all, uh, which inherently brings his snap share down. Unless he at least gets into 50% range, there's no way you can keep him as anything more than like a high-variance tight end. Too. Keep in mind, though, they do have a buy coming up, so if you do pick up Doyle, you can't use him until the following week, but certainly a guy you're going to be picking up, no question about that. And Chris Herndon had another touchdown. He's got three and three Ed games. Dixon, who MJD seems to love. I mean, so he had a decent game as well, so there are some other tight end options out there for you. Definitely, a couple of wide receivers out there. DJ Moore, it looks like he's finally starting to get going. And this is a guy that a lot of people liked as a sleeper coming into the season. Took a few weeks, but it looks like DJ Moore starting to get loose a little bit. Uh, Anthony Miller, who has come back from, from an injury and has played well. And, and start. it looks like he's starting to have a bit of a rapport with uh, Mitchell Trubisky. So that's a guy that you might want to keep on, on your list. Josh Adams is on this list. <sighs> It's been hard enough trying to figure what's going on between Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood. I feel like adding one more running back to this mix is not helping anybody right now. No, and, you know, Smallwood had that one big catch and run, ended up scoring a touchdown, but this is not a backfield that has anyone you can trust unless they... Wouldn't it be great if they traded for Le'Veon Bell? Oh, it'd be so great. It would be great. I mean, it it would be tremendous, but um, I don't know that that's going to happen, so... Right now, you know, Eagles on a bye coming up. You don't have to worry about it. But 
that backfield is really hard to decipher, especially if you're going to throw uh, Josh Adams into that mix. And apparently he is in that mix. So it's a three headed monster with three guys you can't trust. That's pretty not fantastic. So let's uh, see other names. Tyrell Williams, who's uh, played well recently. Um, I think Josh Reynolds mentioned, but uh, he's really kind of only an option as long as Cooper Cup is out. Once Cooper Cup comes back, Josh Reynolds, uh, his value pretty much goes down. And then uh, the Raiders running backs, Jalen Richard, Doug Martin. Doug Martin, who played pretty well on Sunday, uh, at least in the first half. And then the second half, it turned into what we thought. Raiders trailing, having to throw the ball, and then it turned into the Jalen Richard game. And then f- don't forget about Tyrell Williams, who, you know, went ballistic the, the two games before yep. L.A. had their bye. And he didn't get picked up in a lot of leagues. Why? Because people couldn't use him. So that's certainly one thing. And, and again, I've said this before on, on, uh, on previous podcasts. Based on the way NFL.com's product worked, Williams was on a buy last week. You can pick him up right now, and you don't have to worry about the waivers process if you drop a player who is on your bench this week. So any one of the guys who play for the teams that run a buy, you know, Tennessee, uh, the Cowboys, you know, the Chargers, uh, you can go out and actually, and then Atlanta too, you can go out and pick those guys up now if you drop a player you didn't start this week. Yeah, so uh, go out, make your moves, get everything going, and uh, hopefully it uh, gets you going for week nine as you make your playoff push. Uh, short on time, so we won't be able to get to Monday moaning this week, but we do appreciate all your tweets. Uh, we appreciate your sadness. I try to retweet as many of those as I can. And I appreciate you guys listening to my yelling. <laughs> you feel better now? I think you heard the table's feelings is what I was saying. I think at least, you know. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan's hurting my feelings. Man, it's, uh, it's got a dent in it now from you banging on it at that point. So uh, that will do it for us. Appreciate you listening as always. And always remember, chairs would look really different if our knees bent the other way. We'll see you on Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.